Hey, it's Melvin, one of your friendly neighborhood podcast hosts. Whether it's your first time tuning in or you're a longtime listener, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever. Reviews are the lifeblood of the podcast world, so if you want to help us out, it'll take only a moment of your time. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy the show. Hi, my name is Melvin, and you could stop at five or six stores, or just one. Welcome to Cinematic Doctrine, a Christian movie podcast where we sit at the table of cinema and eat. Tonight, we'll have the displeasure of dining on Neil Marshall's Hellboy. David Arbor, fan-favorite actor of Stranger Things, plays the titular character Hellboy. Funnily enough, the review embargo for this film lifted on his birthday. I'm sure it was a wonderful gift to see that his film debuted with a scathing 9% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, so happy birthday, David Arbor! Alongside horrible reviews, director Neil Marshall has seemingly disowned the film, completely forgoing interviews now that the film is released and rumored to have skipped his own premiere. Perhaps a big factor in play is the ever-dreaded producer influence. Neil Marshall regularly collaborated with Sam McCurdy, his go-to cinematographer, for projects such as the highly-rated Blackwater episode of Game of Thrones. Yet, producers inexplicably fired McCurdy as a supposed show of power. A grotesque example that Marshall wasn't in control of his own film, that the producers were the ones truly at the helm of the project. Among other things were rumored fights between David Arbor and Neil Marshall, although I find myself personally skeptical about this one. In one article, some state that this was due to Arbor adamantly fighting to rewrite the script, yet an interview with Mike Mignola, the original creator of Hellboy, shared that Arbor simply recommended a scene end in a different way based on the character relation. It seemed in large part to be something that most people just agreed with. Of course, Mignola had little involvement with Hellboy 2019, only submitting one draft before credited writer Andrew Cosby changed things a bit. Well, no, not a bit. No, he, he changed it a lot, probably. It was probably a fine script before, but now it's a 13-year-old edgelord's manifesto. This ain't your classic Hellboy movie, fellas. Del Toro's lovable charm isn't anywhere to be seen, and the ever-charismatic Rand Perlman isn't painted red. No, this is 2019's Hellboy, and oh, do I want to send it back. But before I can do that, I have to tell you about it, so let me give you a quick synopsis. Hellboy is on a quest to stop someone from resurrecting an Arthurian witch from the effing Dark Ages, whilst also gallivanting around England for what feels like centuries, but it's actually just an astounding 121 minutes. I think he meets some people on his venture. Some of them have a British accent, but aren't very good at it. I think some people get into fights and some limbs are lost, but you know, whatever. Aside from me finding this film utterly horrible and highly offensive, I'll just flat out say you shouldn't see it. Nobody should see it. The content of this film is not just over the top, but highly exploitative. Violence is one thing, gore is another, but there comes a point when you begin wondering if someone is behind the curtain getting their kicks from watching snuff-tier brutality. I can't even get into describing the specifics of how violent this film is, because it would just be a shorter list for me to describe what isn't in this film. And I think that's honestly the first thing to review about Hellboy 2019. While watching, I kept finding myself wondering why I'm okay with some of the gratuitous gore in other films or stories, but not this one. And I think it comes entirely down to context. To put it into perspective, let me use an example. Imagine you're watching a film set in a hospital, and the narrative is almost entirely built around the struggles of the ER. Or maybe we cut to an ambulance from time to time. You are 100% signing up to see some pretty graphic stuff, but for the most part, people are going to be fine with it. 
it's entirely within the context of people trying to stop medical injuries or big or small, or maybe they're trying to cause them, and that's part of the drama. But knowing what's around it makes it acceptable or, in some cases, unacceptable. Now take Hellboy in this instance. You know you're going to be signing up for some graphic content. It's a no-brainer. Now, Del Toro's previous take on the narrative was PG-13 and, and roughly tame. Neil Marshall, or the producers, I really just can't tell anymore, really embraced an R rating, and this isn't initially a bother. Although I'll admit that I didn't know the film was rated R when I bought my ticket. Not that that surprised me, nor am I adverse to an R-rated film, but, you know, just leave that to me being witless. But my point is that initially you'd suspect that regarding the source material and the rating, you're going to be in for some graphic content and you can settle into that stylistic choice well enough. So where does Hellboy go wrong with its use of extreme content? Well, I, I think there's a couple factors that are at play here. I mean, obviously it would take many, many issues that make a film get this critically panned, but the thing is that all these factors are made especially detrimental with a film that is so graphic. For instance, there's a common understanding that you'll know if you like or dislike a film within the first five minutes. Some people will go so far as to say the first five shots of a film. Basically, depending on how the hook of the movie takes you, you can ascertain what sort of experience you're going to have for the rest of the runtime. And boy, is Hellboy's opener just terrible. From the get-go, we're greeted with crows feeding on the Karen of some poor soul while Ian McShane reads, It was the effing Dark Ages. Censor excluded, of course. And we're given rapid, disorienting cuts to a bizarre prologue that's filled with cheesy narrative dialogue and uninspired visuals. Then we quick cut to Hellboy as he's on the phone with his father, and it's so completely 80 yard in that you wonder if it was a reshoot, as though the original next shot to the film on the script was something entirely different. And oh boy, is there just a ton of ADR! For those who don't know, Automated Dialogue Replacement, ADR, is essentially a post-production project where actors come in and they re-record lines or they record new lines for scenes where they aren't on screen. Think dubbing, but not exactly the same thing. Basically, there are just tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of scenes in this film where characters are either facing away from the camera or completely off-screen saying things that sound so clearly shoved into the scene during post-production, as if they were never in the script originally. Most notably is a scene when Hellboy receives a new gun from his adoptive dad. It's, it's complicated and stupid, I won't even get into it. Where he opens the box containing it with a somber look. Then, as we're shown the gun, we hear a line reading... Most dads get their son's Legos. Then we cut back to Hellboy, and, and it doesn't even look like he was speaking at all. It doesn't look like he found anything particularly snarky or funny. Rather, it looks like he was directed to just look emotional, almost a regrettable encouragement about the gift. It immediately pulls you out of the scene, because what you're being told by the film isn't actually what's happening in the film. It's weird, and it keeps happening all of the time. And probably the worst part of the ADR is that it's almost always used for comedy. And none of them are funny. It is criminally unfunny. It is terrible. There's probably one scene that has even an iota of intelligence in this film. In fact, it's one of the only scenes where Mike Mignola's original script seems to break through. He wanted to feature the Baba Yaga briefly. And while the film is already jam-packed to the gills with absolute nonsense... It's her biggest scene that has any recognition of being a movie, or even a story, or anything at all. Hellboy meets with her, and from the start to the finish, there's so much to love about this five to seven minute interaction. From the patient dialogue, to the mounting horror, to the practical effects, to the restrained pacing, there's so much to love about this one scene. 
Even David Arbor gets the chance to actually do his job and act, giving off minor expressions that are kind of okay. It's almost a night and day layover of what was likely a very good script that, because it was well-written the first time, there was virtually no reason to uh, change it in post-production, to alter it whatsoever. No ADR, no out-of-order cutting. In fact, both my wife and I agree that it was the best scene in the film, for sure. Although, I'd probably say that more than she does. It's creative, it's mysterious, it's engaging. The humor sticks, despite being a twisted part of the film, and it doesn't overstay its welcome. All said and done, one scene can't save a film, but it can ruin a film. And ultimately, any chance of this film being salvaged was ruined in its last moments. We're near immediately thrust back into a terrible film that's written by a man who has no sense of restraint, going full on with by far one of the most heinous scenes I've ever seen in a film to date. This is when it hit me. This is when I was convinced there wasn't a single saving grace to the film. This is when I realized that whoever was making this film, because honestly it doesn't seem like Marshall had any control was trying to not make a good film, but was simply exploiting the success of other R-rated comic book films like Logan and Deadpool, and then pushing the limits to the nth degree. There's a scene in this film that I dare not detail, but simply described as an apocalyptic orgy of vast creatures killing Randys in horrifically graphic ways. And it's not that there's monsters killing people, because this isn't something new, it's what we have in pretty much all superhero movies. It's that the film is so focused on the faces of these people, the shrieks for help, that I realized someone wanted to glorify evil because it was quote-unquote super cool how they kill people, man. I can't even recall what the creatures looked like since the film would remain closely focused on the slaughter of Randy's insofar as one of the killings didn't even show the creature, just one of its limbs as it penetrated some people, then lingered on their bodies to let you see every nook and cranny that was bent out of shape. Near immediately I was depressed, feeling small and numb as the film barraged me with such vile visuals, I couldn't watch the film anymore, feeling tired and spent, like some sort of unknown meter within me had burst and my tolerance had reached its peak. I closed my eyes and I just waited for the film to end, and within ten minutes the credits were rolling. And even then, it honestly took me a couple hours, a box of Tasty Cakes, and a glass of Jaeger to help the sensation pass. But I think the reality is that my proverbial meter hadn't peaked, because I enjoy a film that is, in some sense, stylistically gory. Turbo Kid is a horribly fun film to watch, and that has some redonkulous graphic visuals, but that's part of the charm it's trying to get at. It, it juxtaposes its grotesque nature with some really goofy humor that it never forgets to have fun. It never forgets that a movie must primarily be entertaining. And on that note, a Christian can't stop with, it's entertaining. They must follow up with, why is this entertaining to me? And come to it from a biblical standpoint. And to that end, I don't think Hellboy has any saving grace in that matter. Del Toro's films could lean on this, and one could find them entertaining based on their narrative structure, relatable characters, fascinating lore, shot composition, soundtrack, etc., etc. No, I think the reality is that Hellboy 2019 isn't even a movie. At its core, it's broken, inept. It's a mess. Not a single character is likable. David Arbor barely carries his own weight. The score is just laughably bad with weird metal and dubstep music that almost sounds like it's from some YouTube WWE compilation. And the story is just horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. But let's go on a stroll for a second. What if there wasn't this disgusting scene at the end of the film? What if, what if we didn't have this minute-long overindulgent scene of Randy's getting slaughtered that is so blatantly a murderous fantasy? How does the film fare if I could have finished the last 10 minutes? Well, I'd almost look at the first 10 minutes of the film to declare my verdict. Hellboy 2019 was terminally ill from the start, and there wasn't anything that could redeem that. 
All of this speaks to the sensibilities of whoever was in charge, be it Cosby with his script, Marshall with his direction, or any of the producers who were in control. To go so far as to permit such a terrible film to also include such exploitation, mean-spirited, deeply problematic scenes is just borderline wicked. And all of this is even made worse when thoughts of Del Toro come to mind. The man wanted to direct a third film. He wanted to finish the trilogy he started with Hellboy 2004 and Hellboy 2 The Golden Army. He had written his own script, and Ron Perlman was all in to get the film made alongside his friend. Yet Lionsgate had no interest in his project, so the two stepped away from it entirely. To think that we ended up with an absolute tragedy of a film, when we could have had a movie filled with so much love and creativity, really begs the question why something like this was not only made, but marketed and released. But with that, thank you so much for putting up with me ranting. And if you've already seen the new Hellboy film, what did you think? Let me know by email, cinematicdoctrine at gmail.com, or check me out on Facebook at Cinematic Doctrine. And who am I kidding? You can still check out my Letterboxd if you want to see the star ratings for other films, but let's be real, this film was a hardcore 1 out of 10. You can still check out the other ratings, like I said, with the username at Paraturtle if you're interested. I also enjoy writing from time to time, so if you'd like to read some of my stories or any of my works in progress, check me out on Wattpad at Paraturtle. All of this will be in the description if you so need it. Next week, we'll be covering Kevin Kulsh and Dennis Widmeyer's Pet Cemetery. Until then, stay cool. Want some Cinematic Doctrine swag? You're in luck. We've got 3-inch Cinematic Doctrine logo stickers exclusive for Patreon supporters. Perfect for your travel mug or laptop. Head over to patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine, link in the show notes, and choose the independent theater tier. Doing so will net you other perks too. But let's be real, the podcast stickers are the coolest perk, so get yourself some podcast stickers by supporting on Patreon.